Hello and welcome back to part two of the end of season review for this season. Um, yeah, where we left it, we had uh, just got through that uh, Liverpool game and the terrible run afterwards, um, worrying about relegation again. So we now dip back in where we went on that good run during March um, and then uh, the wheels came off a little bit towards the end of the season. So we rejoin the end of season podcast now and uh, get straight back into it. Switch to play to find out better again. And he's got his cross in again! Shrewsbury lead at Anfield! The shock is on! Udo, the unlikely hero! So that's fascinating, Mark, you know, hearing about the FA Cup games and League Cup games has been during your time at the club. Um, we were just talking before, weren't we, we started recording, you were saying about nine years in the job now, so you've seen quite a yeah. lot. Nine, I think nine years since I've worked a town game for the first time, no, yeah. whatever role it was. <laughs> yeah, at that point. There's a lot gone on since then, as you said, yeah. and uh, plenty of cup highlights. And we're allowed one tangent, Ollie, during every podcast, but I wanted to move on to March, really, and, and I think before we, we do that, and really the, the, the kind of recovery in March, we should just reflect on some of those signings and obviously um, the one player that went out just in that January transfer window and I suppose Ollie yeah what well, we, we did miss or better didn't we I suppose yeah he was a one of the few players that you go past someone um clearly a talent as well obviously his contract was coming up so it was probably the right thing to do to mm. sell and I guess one of the things we do know is that the club are pretty strong in terms of negotiating they don't give up easily um probably much to the frustration of a better and his agent <laughs> um but yeah he finally got that move um, but it did leave us lacking um attacking impetus especially as we didn't get that number 10 we were all hoping for and what about you, Lewis? What what can you see for Ogbetter? How far do you think he could probably go in the game? Having having seen him at his yeah, time, I'm a big fan. Um, it was strange, wasn't it? Because the season that fans couldn't come from January when he arrived to March, say April, like he was electric. He was, he was match winner. Um, you know, winning games on his own, um, unbelievable pace, um, directness. You know, everything, skill, um, and then. The summer last summer was weird for him, wasn't it? With Peterborough stuff and mm. um, quotes and and all sorts. And then, no, but the, I can imagine know, the offer. No, I'm laughing because I can imagine the offer from Peterborough. Through like, we'll give you ten k, but we'll give you three million if we get in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, I better didn't really get into the side, did he? Until no. until October. And that's and where was, the managers. I can imagine the managers are like, "Well, you want to leave? Well, you're not going to play." I think as well, his form had dipped massively back end of uh, last yeah. season as yeah. well. He tired probably, yeah. didn't he? The he manager was very said young, that. Young player, and talk about raw. I think he still may well be a central midfielder in the end, or a winger for further forward. But the issues he has are positioning, way he receives the ball. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he's <laughs> a kid, he's barely played any first team football, so of course he doesn't. You know, it's a bit like what we were saying about Bloxham earlier. What does he turn into? What does he become? And I think I'd better the jury is still out. You know, you, it's easy to play at wing back because you just go up and down. It's why Ryan Woods, Graham Turner, was it played him at right back. Yep. Connor Goldson would right. play at right back. Mm-hmm. It's less space to defend. So it's interesting, but he's barely played. He's made a few appearances off the bench. He's he? he got injured in his first training yeah. session. But he did get selected for England under 20s, didn't he? Perfect team Which for is, him. Comes from know. City's youth team, goes into a team like Swansea, who want the ball. I think, he'll have, good, I think he'll have a good career, personally. Yeah. I think he'll, yeah, yeah. he'll be, a, a, at some point, a regular championship player yeah. and then start to do well. And, and that's up to him side. then, isn't it? It's up to him then. Does he develop? Does he learn? Yeah. Does he push on? Because you know, we'd have thought that Ryan Woods would have played in the Premier League. Got to the championship, didn't quite that make that that mm. next step on. Made a couple of 
bad moves probably yeah. in terms unlucky of club. Well, a bit unlucky. But then yeah. Connor's, Connor's the other example, yeah. isn't yeah. he? Because yeah. he went to Brighton Championship, went up with them, and yeah. obviously then got his relative moves after that. I suppose different profiles, aren't they? Like it's, yeah. it's hard for a Woods as a smaller mid central midfielder yeah. to crack the the Premier League, I guess. Um, mm. Whereas Ogbetter is an attacking wing back, fullback. So she's wing backs are very fashionable. Yeah, he's got he's got he's got the speed. He's yeah. got the technique. He's got the um, what's the word? Um, it's got a bit of flair about him. His club is yes. important. He's yeah. never going to play left back, is he? I wouldn't have thought. No, but no. you know, further forward, wide. Yeah, what he becomes will be interesting. Yeah, he could finish as well, couldn't he? That's the other thing we forget about. He scored a set few pieces. important goals at the end of that season, didn't he? He set pieces as well, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, 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 definitely, yeah. there's definitely a need for us as fans to want him to do well because, as I say, you know, the transfer fee might have not been huge, but there would have clearly been sell-ons and add-ons and percentages of next transfers, that sort of thing that you, you negotiate when you're playing championship football manager, Ollie. You know, you're adding, <laughs> adding all the clauses in. And it's it's right, it's paid off for us with a number of players over the years and the club will be looking at his progress pretty, pretty strong, won't they, Mark? Yeah, they'll be hoping he does well. Well, they'll be hoping Swansea do well. Because uh, that was the other thing with, with Connor, wasn't it? They lost out on the, the add-ons because when Brighton went up, he didn't play enough games because obviously he had the, the heart problem, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he had a, yeah. And he's done so well to bounce back from that. Um, and yeah, the fact he's in a European it, final. Amazing. It's fantastic. Fantastic, it? yeah. It, and, and Tavernier as well, who obviously is an ex-town player as well. Absolutely. We shouldn't yeah. forget about that. And it's just one thing you guys might not have picked up on, but when we had the last supporters parliament meeting, Brian mentioned that he really hopes Connor Goldson signs a new contract at Rangers because somehow, with whatever deal we arranged, we're still getting little payouts of Con- from Connor Goldson's deal. So presumably there's, there's obviously something tied into contracts beyond contracts and that's pretty smart of the club if that's the way it's going. Yeah, so that's there interesting. We go. Yeah, fascinating. So there we go. Um, I don't doubt Brian was lying. He's he's a pretty honest bloke. Um, but uh, yeah. I bet it's a great model, isn't it, yeah. for for town? Like yeah. you know, they're not. If you're going to be able to somehow get a permanent from an under twenty three as a top club, in permanently, they're not all going to be as good as him or from as good academy. But um, but they're they're probably out there. We, you know, we'd the, never heard of Ogbetter before. In the early, when we first moved to the Meadow, we signed loads of kids, didn't we? I'm sure Mark remembers them. We signed kids from Man United youth system and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And it's like a bit like almost like Roshan Williams. You sign them. And they've got to develop them. They've got to hit the ground. And they've yeah. got to develop and progress. Roshan Williams didn't progress at all. And But I think you're right. That's one thing we had. Before we had the loans, we had the Ben Godfrey's, the Henderson's. We'd get players in. We'd develop them. And then now we're showing with Ogbetta, we're signing a player and The difficulty is, particularly from academy football now, is that has changed to such an extent at the very top level, is that you can't translate a lot of those players to lower league football. So you can't really sign central midfielders you can't. You're lucky to get a centre back. You're looking at wide players, strikers. Because the game's so different. Because the game is so different. I'd say League One has moved on a lot though. I think in the last yeah, few years. but, but I still, I still agree. I, with that's you. true. How many good loan players in central midfield have we had who were youth players? Like Chapman's not a youth player, is he? But he came with some experience. Yeah, but Greg if you look Doherty, at you, Charlie Colkitts and people yeah, like exactly. that, that's yeah, the yeah, archetype yeah, of somebody yeah. who'd do very well in 23. Even a Dan James look like a Rolls Royce, <laughs> but the game is so different. Yeah. They're better off going abroad, and that's why they go to teams like MK Dons and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, or they end up. They used to go to Ostersunds, didn't they? Is that who ended up there? Was that yeah. Colkit or the other Chelsea kid? Ended up everybody from Chelsea um, plays in Holland, but, I think. Yeah, and that's why they go to Vitesse Arnhem, <laughs> yeah. or they go to feeder clubs in Spain where the game is a little bit more like it is at twenty mm. threes. Kai Kai went to Holland, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Alice, I think. Yeah, but, interesting. 
it's athletes, it's wingers, it's strikers. Otherwise, they're a bit too tippy tappy a lot of the time and not like Lesha uh, Yeah, and not necessarily physically up to it. And for the, and until this season, goalkeepers. <laughs> because yeah, yeah, we've been doing all right at youth goalkeepers, haven't we? But it's not. I, one of the things we didn't mention when we talking about it in the summer is that is one of the best things about signing Morosi permanently for the two year deal is that having a permanent goalkeeper just feels like a little bit more solid and you know what we're going to get out of him next season we don't have to unless for, we sell him for, well unless we sell him there is that well, problem asset, but yeah. it's nice to have this summer coming up where we're not worried about having a goalkeeper problem so um, we'll have to see how that develops you're right Ollie. I'm hoping we don't sell him um, but yeah we were just before we move on from January I suppose that's all better going out but we only briefly mentioned Flanagan and Fauna um, for me Fauna was absolutely brilliant when he came in but for me Flanagan's probably one of the best signings we made in a January transfer window for a long time he is Clearly a class act at this level and and certainly a, a kind of upper League One player, if not bottom end championship, I suppose. Experienced as well. Yeah. I think it gives you probably more confidence if you're Shrewsbury Town to maybe release a, an Ebags Landell because there are centre-backs out there, aren't there, that you can say it's easier to find a good League One centre-back than mm. it is to find a striker or who's going to contribute. So given the particularly the defensive signings that he's made you'd be confident that, that Steve Koch will be able to go out and plug those gaps that they've got at the, the back third of the pitch yeah I suspect Flanagan was a target for the summer because it only came about when Johnson got the sack there didn't it and yeah. because I think Flanagan was a big very popular with, with Johnson you know played every game um, I think that sacking I don't know the ins and outs but sort of came quite quickly after they got thrashed by Bolton was it yeah um, yeah, and yeah, but I don't doubt that he'd have been on Steve Cottrell's radar and possibly him up to the target for the summer. But you know, the opportunity arose, I suppose, with a change in manager. And I think Flanagan's been, you'll have watched the interviews, Ollie, quite open yeah, about really... um, the Sunderland chief exec, yeah. is it? Or someone at Sunderland who uh, called the shots. Regarding... The head of recruitment or yeah. sporting director or something like that. Um, yeah, right. And like... yeah, uh, yeah but he's great, isn't he? He's. Um, Serious player. He's ambitious as well, because that's one thing Mark's always been quite consistent on about, you know, let's not accept just avoiding relegation. Yeah. And he has that mantra of, you know, we, we should be pushing on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. um yeah, he's, he's the type of player, and Town have a few of them, I would say, that you want in the team, in the dressing room. That's actually a really interesting point to talk worth talking about, actually. Um, one thing that Cottrell's mentioned is about having good players on and off the pitch. So Bennett's one of those players. He looks like the kind of guy that really looks after himself. Yeah, you can't nice imagine guy. you'd find him in McDonald's. The archetypal good pro. Yeah, the good pro, and that, that's what we and the, loads, yeah. you hear about that. You know, we, you know, we've had our dark days and a lot of drinking, bad culture. <laughs> you should have been in the stiffs the other night. <laughs> that was uh, uh, it. Wasn't that eye opening because I was fully aware of how much drinking went on during the Dean Spink and uh, early <laughs> late eighties, early nineties period. But um, yeah, to say the but, game had changed. But League One <laughs> has changed. Yeah, and, you know, every club's got analysts now. They've got like, dietitians that. Every player needs to be in top shape. And having players like Flanagan, Bennett, Leahy's is so important. It's mentality as well. I yeah. mean, that sort of stuff is professionalism you should take as a given. But it's it's mentality. It doesn't be, but, it, but it sets that standard, doesn't yeah. it? Of, you know, if you're a youth player, go into, I don't know, Asda and just buy yeah. a shitload of look after yourself. And, yeah. yeah. But it's it's wanting somebody to... Who you know he's he might want to be at the the Euros. You know smaller countries have got a decent chance of qualifying for that now. You know Northern Ireland have done it. Mm. He plays international football. He he clearly has ambition. And you know Bennett's been at a higher level. It's difficult to shake those habits when you've had them for for fifteen years. And he's not, despite his age, the sort of player who looks like he's on the way down. And you know is no. just here for a payday. 
Um, obviously, there's lifestyle issues as to why he wants to be local, but it's not, you know, just oh, I need another contract and then I'll be all right. It's not pension fund money. Um, so, yeah, you, you need that collective mentality to be strong, particularly if you're a club that wants to punch above its weight, which Shrewsbury has to be to be mm. really successful at this level. I've said that it is by and large a great group. You know, Udo, he struggled to find many nights of blokes in football which I know you'll have heard during the times when he didn't score well, goals you when, know. at the end of season award when we when we met the bloke and, and his interviews you know he's a effervescent you know, out, outgoing character a little bit shy I suppose standing in front of 300 people is a bit different I think to playing in football in front of six or 7,000 yeah. but um, that's a different thing but my, my daughter went somewhere over and took photos with him on the night and when they when I came away I said who did you like meeting the most and they said um, Ado because he took my camera and he, he took our photo and he was chatting to us and I thought that's the sort of thing you want to hear and we met Bennett the week before I've not met too many of the players this year but Bennett Ado came across as just lovely human beings and I think that's kind of Good for the club, but also you know, good good for us as fans that when you meet them, I suppose. Do you know what's a great giveaway into the top dressing room characters and pros after the terrible defeats? If a player does press, which they, they should, doesn't always happen, but they should. The ones that come and speak, yeah, because the Joe Jacobs. Not, nothing against any of the town <laughs> players, but ninety nine percent of footballers generally will duck it. They don't want to answer him, mm. you know. They don't want to speak to press at the best of times, mm. let alone after a 3 0. The league he's done loads this season. But the ones that come and. But that's do it. it, and I make that joke. Pen- Pennington's great for it. And there's a few, isn't there now? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Ben. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's a few that will front up and Jacobs, speak well. Jacobson, you mentioned. Like, you know, it would have been Dave Edwards, Sadler, yeah. um, you know, the, the proper. Yeah, pros. We can pick a lot though. I get, yeah, it's good. Right. And it's funny actually, just like reflecting more on the six of these that we've done. Often we've sat here at the end of the season and talked about, you know, oh, the, the times when the managers lost the dressing room or the players just didn't seem like they were asked, and you could you could com- you could question their effort and commitment in games a lot of the times, particularly during the sort of Ricketts and, and Askey era, and even you know the times during the, the sort of Mickey Mellon eras. But that's one thing you couldn't really say. As much as the results were crap a lot of the times this season, they. They did also seem to have that kind of team spirit and fight for each other. We, we didn't really kind of come away from too many games, Ollie, thinking that was an issue, did we? No, I think that's why going to the Stratford game, I wasn't too worried. Mm-hmm. When we went to that's Liverpool, true. I thought we're going to put an effort in. And, and and that's one thing you look for in a team, isn't it? Yeah. Especially when the result's not going well, is the manager going to lose his job? And the first thing you're looking for is are the players still going and the fact is that they were and they do seem like a good bunch. And that's and that over Christmas, that kind of that's one thing Shrewsbury Hound fans want, you know, we don't you know a lot of fans don't like ball at the back. They don't like certain things. But if you've got a group of lads that are working hard, shall I do my usual rant, Ollie? <laughs> <laughs> that 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 really that really connects with the true fan fans, and that's why I think there's that that good rapport with the fans. I think we all know that the manager isn't going to stand for players chucking in at the end no. of the season. Now well, the season didn't finish <laughs> very well. They didn't win in six, and I was just going to bring this up because you said Ergwin that you know with this group, don't think any of them have. You know, not not giving the effort or whatever. Mm. So there's an interesting debate to come about, you know, I would often get tweets or whatever, you know, during the games at the end of the season with, you know, on the beach. And I get it, but... but I it's more I, mental. I, I, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not intentional, is it? It's no, not intentional to think, oh, I fancy losing today. I'm not interested in winning. No. It's just... And you don't get, you don't get, you don't get all the way. How many people, like, was it like 0.0 something percent of people pro, that make yeah. it to pro? Yeah. You've got to have that right mentality. So, Play, yeah. You know, play, players, players are just as enthused about finishing 17th as 18th as town fans. Do you know, do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, they, you know, they don't want to look at the table and see that. They don't, you know. Albeit, yes, in the final couple of 
you know, game. Which Dave, is a nice segue to Dave, the next section. Well, we're not quite there yet. Dave, 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 Edwards, Dave Edwards has written about it in his columns of late, actually, that, you know, players will think about not wanting to get an injury before their holidays. Yeah. You know, that means they're having to come. But, you know, like you say, unintentional mm. 0.5% coming off as, as a group. But maybe that, you know, when... When you're a group with nothing on the line against a team with something on the line, most of the time there's only one winner, isn't it? Yeah, and, and just before we go on to that last kind of bit, because I have split the final bit of the season down into all of March as sort of the March to safety, and then part five I did call beach football, so you can't <laughs> that. Um, but um, before we get to that, it's just probably worth touching on the last player who we wanted to mention um, in this sort of January window mm. bit, which was Fauna Mark and... You know, we we have talked about him a little bit, but just to kind of reflect really on the fact that you know we can talk about how Ogbetter might go on to do really well, but Fauna looks like another one that might kind yeah, of follow him as well. I think so. I think the, the fact that they didn't get him in the summer because Forrest thought he was closer to their team than potentially he ended up being. Mm. I think maybe they didn't have as many cup games as they would have liked. They didn't because they were struggling at the start of the season. They probably didn't have the opportunity to play him as much as they would have liked. And by the time the managerial change happened, he was probably quite behind in terms of sharpness, fitness. But by all accounts, they rate him. Um, and you saw when he came in how far off he was. Mm. But when he got up to speed, fantastic. Ben Godfrey-esque. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of I compared him to we had Ryan Yates from Forest. I did yeah. a bit for Radio Nottingham and sort of said he's well on from where Yates was when That's he came true. to us. That's a really good example, yeah. And you see what Ryan Yates has gone and done. You Amazing. know, he's a regular playing very well for them. So, yeah, I, I think he's got a big, big future. If they go up, I'm sure they'll look to load him out again, um, whether that will be to the championship or, mm. or what I don't know. Um, if they stay... The season. Yeah. yeah, if they stay in the championship, you would think... He'll be around there too. Garner will go back. They'll have opportunities for him to play, you would think. Well, I mean, we will be in for him, whatever happens, because, again, at the end of the season awards, it was very clear from Steve that he would love to get him back next season. Why would but you I'd, not ask the question? <laughs> I personally yeah. can't see that happening, Ollie, to be no, honest. I can't see that happening. I think he's too good to... If he's, if, he's top, if, he's, if he's in League One, he should be playing for... I know a Derby County or a, you know they're not going to loan him to Derby Sunderland County. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, yeah, it's a really bad example. Derby. <laughs> whoever does, whoever doesn't win, the but yeah, so yeah, they're, they're going to go yeah, for a team yeah. that's you know, got thirty thousand fans, Sheffield Wednesday, whatever. Yeah, it'd fit in perfectly into their style of play. Mm. Yeah, I think that their fans might go a bit mental if they start learning players to Derby County with the rivalry there. I do. There's yeah. a huge amount of sympathy for Derby's current plight. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, we, we, we'll talk about Derby briefly when we look towards next season. But um, there we go. That kind of wraps up the, to the January window and then that January period. As I say, we were just going to touch on March um, in sort of part four of the season, really. And this is where we basically got from uh, where we were, sort of down at 17th to even up to 14th again. And basically safe at the Lincoln game. And um, yeah, one loss in six. 12 points from 18, again, a huge amount of our points across the total season, um, only accrued in, in six games, really. Um, goal scoring touch recovered, obviously banging in five against Morecambe, three against Rotherham, which was a bloody great day. Um, and yeah, interviews from some of the players, um, I remember reading one of yours, I think, Lewis, where Flanagan was talking about, you know, looking to finish 12th or something like that. And yeah, that was the target, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> they, 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 they made it public, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if they were so keen to make it public initially, but, you know, it emerged from both the manager and players, and... You know why not? At, mm. at the point they were fourteenth after Lincoln, they were two points off twelve. Yeah, it was two close. points off twelve going to MK. Hard game, obviously one of a few hard games to come later on. Mm. Um, and yeah, it didn't didn't go the way. But yeah, that run was superb, wasn't it? And and the starting game of that, the home nil nil with Rotherham, was strange because they were flying. First half they were sort of all over town, and then 
I don't know what happened. Tactics, they changed up at half time, didn't they? He did Which a tactical they did, switch. Yeah. He went, we went to four three three at half time, and changed the game. That's one of the things that Cottrell's got in his bag. Yeah. The best manager since we've been doing this podcast, Glenn, in terms of having the ability to make tactical changes, not just game plans, but you know, but actually changing the game as we were going. Not relying on doing that via making subs either. That's the thing because he doesn't like to make subs second half, does he? But There's yeah, no doing it through bring on, exactly it? doing it through those tactical changes. But yeah, that Rotherham game was was interesting because as I say, they were probably the better team in the first half, but we did dominate them second half with with what happened in that game and probably a bit unlucky not to have won. Yeah, it almost caused the wheels to come off as well, didn't it, for, for Rotherham? Well, we left that till the 19th of March when we came away <laughs> and then the wheels did come off. <laughs> oh yeah, we're still that early, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, it's, it's the home game we were talking about. We were nil-nil, yeah. Yes, Nurse nearly scored a world, didn't they, when yes. hit the woodwork. Yeah. But again, they've had another few really good performances against the better sides in the division mm. and if they can get consistent, if they can get that right, you know they they can be really competitive because he is a good tactician he is a good coach and you can see what he brings if he can have a bit more depth then i think that substitution issue probably falls by the wayside because at times he was looking at the bench and going mm. he, he said he, had, he didn't, yeah, didn't trust to bring on yeah. didn't trust him and particularly against Clubs, teams, you know, some of the bigger clubs in this division are in the division because they're mismanaged on and off the pitch. You quite fancy them to get the edge of some of those. You know, Rotherham's probably a bad example of that, actually, because they're fairly stable. Mm. But you always quite fancy them against the good sides. Like beating Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, got four points off them this season. Yeah, you played all right away at Wednesday as well. Yeah, we did. We we didn't talk about it. We went down, scored, conceded early. Bowman scored, and then, then but they were silent. Their home fans were silent the whole game. Yeah. No, a lot, of, a lot of considering how bad we've been away from home in terms of our results. There have been a lot of times where things could have slightly turned, to be honest with you, yeah. where games were in the balance. But it is interesting this run. It's this six games where we picked up eighteen points. You know, we talk about that Rotherham game when we dominated them second half and could have won it. Then we went to Cambridge on a <laughs> bloody awful day. To be honest with you, I drove all the way over there, stinking rain, freezing cold. Still don't know how that finished. Now, Probably should have won that as well, shouldn't we? Yes, oh, Max Lewis. That was what was on it, but that was the flip side to the yeah, yeah, Wickham one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So there was those two games. Lee, we, Lee missed from two yards. At the end. Yeah. They missed tons of chances right then. Then we went to um, then we played Oxford at home where we went one 0 up. Bowen missed a sitter to go two 0 and then we let them back in the game. So in reality, there were chances to win all of those games. We obviously then went on to win the Morecambe, Rotherham, and Lincoln games. But it just shows you how you know, even though we only won three of the six and drew the other two and lost one. It could easily again, it could easily have been yeah. more points there, and that's what you kind of hope we're grabbing onto. Played, anyway. played well at home to a good Oxford, yeah. didn't, didn't deserve to lose. Really. Oxford always do well against us. My point at this point was again this roller coaster analogy. This was a really important point that Morecambe game because mm-hmm. we were on free fall, the teams below us were starting to catch up. Fleetwood had done all those January signings and, and they signed um, and Salah and loads of other players. Gillingham had changed their manager, they were doing better as well. And if we'd lost to Morecambe. I think we could have been, with their next result, I think we could have been one or two points away from the team in the relegation zone. Yeah, we'd have been at 20th. I, at this point, uh, you're, <laughs> you guys would probably disagree. I, I felt town were fine. And Still, the, no, ta- no, the it, table it, didn't it was, suggest it. Was, it. I, I, thought we were, I thought we were probably going to be fine, but I, what I was saying is that panic, we were yeah. going, potentially into the panic zone. Yeah. We were on the all season, we kind of... Almost a bit. We've got hovering. close. Yeah, we're hovering towards jumping in in the relegation fight, but we just about managed to stay. And for me, this was another time where we got a little bit hot, a little bit warm, and we and we backed off again. Mm. But yeah, it was close. But I agree with you. We never we never got into that. That, that five nil against Morecambe was strange because it was nil nil on forty four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and you know that would that would have been a a, a bad half time scoreline, wouldn't it? Nil nil the way the way it went. And yeah, strange. 
it was it was just so rare. Like it, it, not just this season, but over the course of a number of seasons now, to see Town scoring five goals in five goals without reply, it was the meadow was jumping when we got the fourth and the fifth. And you know to hear the Shrewsbury fans singing, "We want six. Not heard that for a while, Mark. To be honest with you, no, no, <laughs> it's rare, isn't it? And, I mean, from there, it all does go a bit goal crazy, doesn't it? By yeah. Town's own standards. You know, at both ends, hmm. it, it starts a kind of really bizarre end to the season. And I think that further points to the fact that probably after that, they were OK. Because as much as I know the club and the players were saying, yeah, we, we want to finish 12th. And they did. But who cares, really? You know, it's it's good to set the target. Yeah. But you're not going to, no. you know, run through hell to get to 12th, are but you? We've, but, but uh, you know, <laughs> no, if, if, you're talking, you know. if you're talking about the manager... You know, and who cares about oh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. or eighteen? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a big yeah. Big oh, it's a big. It's a big thing for recruitment in the summer as well. Yeah. But that game, the Morecambe game, is fascinating. We scored eleven percent of our goals in that game. <laughs> it's not fast. It's frightening. Not fascinating. Yeah, you know, it, it is. It was a, a complete kind of anomaly in the season in terms of our goal scoring record. But then we went. But the point is, as Mark just said, then we went to Rotherham, backed it up with three more away from home. Best and, performance of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. I, I was going to say. I was going to so. point. I was going to go off on a tangent and say best game of the season. I think. In terms of beating Morecambe at home, you know, Morecambe have just changed their manager. They're in, in the relegation fight. Yeah, poor but side. Beat, yeah, poor side. But beating Rotherham 3 0 away for me is the best result. And it could, it could have been more. Town yeah, were all over them before amazing. the red card. Red card and the crowd there. as well. Yeah. Rotherham's one of those places where they can turn a bit. Um, you know, they're all asking for their manager to be sat. Not all of them, but there was a number of asking for their manager to change. Does playing against ten men though slightly undermine that performance? You know, we were. To be fair, my, my view on this game was no, we played, we played really one well. Nil, first half. one nil. Yeah, we played well before we we got the one nil. We when we went one nil up. We were definitely a better team, and I thought we were brilliant against ten men. To be perfectly honest with you, but yeah, I suppose it's one of the rare it, times. I think it's away from me, but it's one of the rare times in the season <laughs> we actually enjoyed a game. I went to you, but genuinely I, enjoyed it. I, 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 think, I don't think having seen that game, I don't think you can. Yeah. Detract by the, the red no, card. No, I, I think as someone who's a fan there, I have a lot of love this season for Fleetwood away on Boxing Day just because it was one of those mad games. Boxing Day, we really needed a win. It was the first away win to release that pressure. So for me, I'd say it's a toss up between both of those games, but I can understand why everyone else would say. Are you agreeing with Rotherham, Mark? Is, is that your match of the season? Yeah, I think probably. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to say that's the performance of the season. Fair enough. Yeah, it was cracking day out, and then yeah, backed it up with that win against Lincoln. As we all said, there's not too much really to say on that, that run really there other than we, we were 14th looking up the table. Um, Adelwood started finding a scoring touch again. And yeah, as, as, as Lewis said, you know, you, you were thinking we were safe before that. But I think, I think Ollie, the reason I split this there is that I think when we went 14th, we beat Lincoln. I think pretty much every town fan thought we were safe, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that most of us thought we needed to push on and wanted to push on because that would have shown us as fans that we were moving on Program. where we were last year. You know, we wanted to see progress. If you'd have said to me on that 26th of March we were going to finish 18th, I would have been hugely disappointed. And I, I don't know how you feel about that, Mark. You know, is yeah, that fair uh, on me to say that? Yes, I think we're then verging into success, failure, progress or not territory. And mm. I think a lot of people say to me, looking on the, the glass half holes full side, that it's been a transitional season and you can look for positives in the squad that they have going into the summer. Others will say, well, no, less, what was it, less goals, less wins, lower league position. Yeah, lots of it. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think we knew what they were very early on. I think as soon as they had to revert to what they were doing last season, we knew what we were going to get. Mm. And that, I think, is the biggest disappointment. And that all comes down to recruitment. This, yeah. this is a season of what could have been if they'd have brought in 
another three, four players. And that's a massive if, isn't it? But at the same time, that's what's frustrating. Or even one or two good ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one or two first-team players, better loan players. If, if you're asking me, you know, 26th of March, whatever, with the six games left, you know, they were 14th. Uh, you know, I would have backed them to get the couple of results needed to yeah. at least keep hold of 14. Well, on the po- on the podcast, I went from guys we're getting really close to skirting with danger to two weeks later saying we're fine. It was really quick turnaround. Skirting with twelve mid-tap. Yeah, yeah. From from that Oxford game when we lost, and then the three wins in a row, you were, were basically safe, weren't you? But yeah, to, the the end of this game, as I say, part five, the sort of beach football area. Maybe and maybe Lewis will disagree that that's the case. But let's be honest, taking two points from eighteen, Lewis, is an absolutely horrific yeah. end to a season. And whether whether it's yeah. because they're on the beach, mentally, physically tired, whatever, that's one of the worst ends of the season. Oh yeah, I, I just think. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it sounds a bit strong, but I think just they let themselves down a bit because Big of what time. they could have achieved. Yep. You know, um, yeah, we're such a small, tight knit group who had to work so hard. Maybe that's the reason. You know, we they can got see tired, so tired, many goals in just two, one, three, three, two, three. Mm. But a couple of wins within those six, you know, turned the draws into a win the or Doncaster whatever. Again. Um, to die, Doncaster. Doncaster. <laughs> yeah, what happened come, there? Yeah, absolute. Yeah, but that's where you're missing the edge, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when it starts, the tide starts to turn. Well, they were going down, weren't they, Doncaster? Yeah, yeah you know. That was a, such an easy first half. They were terrible. Yeah. I was tweeting we were going to get five or six, like we did against Morecambe half-time. This is great. Well, again, and a so- lot of people reminded me of that tweet at the end of the game. Yeah. What were you saying? The Sunderland-Doncaster doubleheader on the Easter weekend. Um, they were both stoppage time, weren't they? So there were yeah. know, seconds from yeah, a point a lot, at Sunderland. A lot and, of late goals. And seconds from mm. the, the home win against Doncaster. And that, Doncaster, that's just going that Sunderland game. That was a great comeback from the lads. Yeah, the yeah well, okay. they were Sunderland were amazing, weren't they? Sunderland were good, switching it, yeah, yeah, playing yeah. football, intricate passes, runs everywhere, and the lads that hold firm and came back. And again, that's a club and a team that has to go up. Yeah, you know, it's not. It only takes it'd be one funny or two. If they don't. Oh yeah, it'd be great because you get to go and play them again and hopefully beat them and put one over on them. But it only takes one or two percent to need to win. 12th would have been good, but they have to get in the playoffs at that point. You know, there's a, there's a desperation rather than a wouldn't it be nice. Well, I just I just think if you know those final six would have gone a different way and you know, town finished between 12th and 14th, you know, in the end, Aki finished 12th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the one of the lowest budgets was, in the league, I'm sure. We we wouldn't be having a debate later about was it progress, wasn't it progress? Yeah. Because you know the table doesn't lie. The history books wouldn't lie, you know, 12th or 13th, even 14th would have been, would have been great. excellent. Yeah. It would have been, well, 13th or 12th would have been anything. Was More it? points Ricketts finished season. 15th, didn't he? That was like the high. But it was 16th. But it was the COVID it? season. But, but the point yeah. is, anything above that would yeah, have been yeah, progress yeah. for the last, since Hurst, do you know what I mean? But to finish 18th Best was, over than Hurst, yeah, yeah. Was, was hugely disappointing. And, and there were some interesting games. I mean, I do want to touch a bit more on that Doncaster game, Ollie, because... It was bloody stupid, wasn't it, what happened in that game? And, and you know, we're still kind of maybe only a month or so away from this to try and still figure out why on earth we coughed up. The first time we've coughed up a 3-0 lead in a league game since 1957, it was just like, when, that, when the third girl, girl went in, it was heads in the hand, mate. It was disastrous. Do you not get that? Did you not get that? Stat? I think I, I saw you were looking for it. But <laughs> yeah, we found out in the end. Yeah, we, yeah. We, it wasn't a free... I think it was um, a game where we were like... I don't know, something like 4-1 four one up and we lost 5-4 five, 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 in the end. So um, that was in 1957. You don't remember the game, though? No, I, I, don't, I wasn't alive then, obviously. No, I think, no. I don't, I'm not sure how many time fans were. But yeah, Ollie, I, I remember you pretty much fuming on the way out of that one. Yeah, it was It was just dire, wasn't it? it was, I don't know how to describe it. it was The goal I mean, in the final seconds was I mean, always... Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think 
one of those moments where it would have been fascinating to have been on the fly in the war in the dressing room <sighs> and to really get from, like, I don't know, or chat to a Leahy or a Bennett. What happened? What happened? I think... If you were a fly on the wall in the dressing room, the vibrations would have killed you. Yeah, you dead. might have been yeah, dark. You might have been yeah, I think flying boot. Yeah. We did, the we manager said, didn't he, that he saw it coming towards the end of the first half. Yeah, he did. And, and this, yeah, we were a bit <laughs> sloppy. <laughs> we were a bit sloppy um, in that first half. And we were, yeah, his, his post-match... Co- Sometimes Cottrell does come out with re- real insight and seems like a genuinely nice bloke. And he comes across and he tells you something that makes you think, oh, that's really interesting, that is, or... That's an insight. He, and you're he right. talks about the game as well as any manager I've worked with in terms of telling you why things are happening. He, he gets labelled as a bit of a dinosaur and he's not. There's a lot of data, there's a lot of stats, there's a lot of fact behind and his, there's a lot of science analysts, behind yeah. what he's doing. Um, in other ways, he's pretty old school. Yeah, but communication... He used, used to go on a he used to go on a anger management course this summer. <laughs> well, you said that, not me. <laughs> to be fair, he's always been all right with me. Well, he's been saying that for the last year and a half, so I wouldn't. It's not a revelation. But, he said that. But what I would say is, when when he gets talking about football, he is brilliantly insightful. Mm. Yeah, when we had um, we had Pennant, when we had Sam on the podcast, he was talking about Pennington, and Pennington was saying that you know if he misses a header or headers in a wrong way, he headers it. You know, hit yeah. it down the pitch rather than out or something, the manager will pick up and he'll remember it. Yeah, his attention to details is fantastic. And his ability to convey, for example, why Nathaniel Ogbetter wasn't playing as well as he could have done in central midfield, clearly and concisely, to a lay person, probably indicates that when he's talking to a footballer, they're going to understand, learn and be able to implement. Mm. And I think you see the improvement in Daniel Udo and you see that he's a, probably quite an underrated coach, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to say that, Mark, because at the end of season awards do, he went into like, they did a, an, an ad hoc Q&A, which went down quite well, to be fair. But um, someone asked him about it, though, and how he's kind of come on. Or maybe he did it after he gave him the Players' Player of the Year. I'm not too sure, actually. But he started talking about Doe, and he was basically saying, look, you know, in intricate detail about how he's changed Doe from being, and he described him as like, um, what did he say? He described him as like, a t- he wanted to be a Thierry Henry type player, running with a ball, scoring nice clippy goals. And he said, actually, he needs to be an Alan Shearer. He needs to just stop, it. strike the ball with Christmas, hard, low, and he will score more goals. And in, in that kind of tactical little, little detail, the fans were like, eating up, because it's great. You want to hear your manager talking about how you've done something like that. And, you know, obviously then you think, well, what's he going to offer Bloxham over the summer? What's he going to offer the rest of the players? So he definitely got a lot of, obviously, experience and is it starting to apply that in different ways. Um, just not quite in the transfer market yet in the way that we would want Ollie. But, you know, interesting when we hear things like that, isn't it? Yeah, Dozer an interesting one isn't it where his underlying number per game hasn't really changed that much you know he doesn't isn't contributing a lot more over the course of the whole season mm. in terms of like xg and all that kind of stuff but his output this year has just been phenomenal he definitely would be on the target of championship clubs and top end league one clubs whether there's enough data to back up him moving is probably no because it's only one season so in previous seasons he scored is for sure he's scored four goals from two 2.5 xg which is pretty good yeah the season last season he got um four goals from 5.4 xg this season he's got 7.5 xg and he scored 13 goals which Great. is an amazing turnaround I mean, but even the eye test before yeah. this season he's been nowhere nearly oh he's, no. his decision making no phenomenal he's dribbling who is it where he went past five players a few weeks ago away yeah. somewhere 
He went past five players. It was. It was. Yeah, where was that? Now was, was it Rotherham or Sunderland? I can't quite remember. Um, no, it was, it was Charlton. Charlton. It was the second last game of the season. Yeah. You know, in with the best will in the world, I mean, watched a lot of him at Telford. I was surprised they signed him. I was staggered he got a new deal. Yeah. We Full shocked. credit to Steve Cottrell for seeing it and making. And it I wonder happen. how much um, Wolverhampton's had in that as well. Yeah, potentially. Well. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But and and full credit to the player for being humble enough to listen to change things. You get a lot of players who are stubborn. You know, the, this is the way I want to play the game. Yeah. But, yeah, just full credit for his attitude. He's, he's always been a good guy. I and see no reason why Dan can't go and score 16 goals or more no, in all competition. In a team that creates more he, chances. Even, that's even at Shrewsbury. And that's the thing. When I was chatting to different people, people ask me questions about Shrewsbury or whatever, and always put the caveat we're a, very, we're a defensive team this year, we didn't create many chances. And you wonder what, what we would be like if we have a few more creative assets supporting him. And, and would it be like in chances? front of a Ben Davis <laughs> or, a, or a John Nolan or someone like that? You know, you'd think a little bit more service from a, an attacking midfielder. And his assists, could be even draw, his assists and his through balls are fantastic. They're off the charts in terms of his date. And he's talking about that, the eye test. He's, he's, and for me, going back to that comment about bringing four now, and he's also a dozer player. You know, if you're talking to an agent... You can talk about some of these examples that we've developed players. It's, it's funny because this time last year we sat around the table without Mark and we talked about Dan though quite a lot, didn't we, Lewis? And Mike was here and mm. we were pretty scathing about him, to be perfectly honest, Ollie. Um, and like we, we were saying, four goals. Exactly. We were saying we would not offer him a contract. You know, he probably is going to be gone, isn't he? And then the other day, Ollie sent me a message. Said, we were talking on a WhatsApp group and he was saying, it's got to be worth about a million pounds now, hasn't he? <laughs> I was like, how's that happened in the I course don't, of 12 I don't months? Think, <laughs> I don't think Dan was that far adrift in terms of this time last year, the conversation with like Curtis Main. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. You know, in terms of probably four they'd both go. I was thinking, will, get a, will he get a League Two club? He was that, that was where he yeah. was at. Well, it's remarkable. We often talk about players who've turned Chief Town fans around the most, players who've had like a shocking start or not been great. And I've always had like, Terry Dunfield was this guy, probably probably before your time, yeah, was, maybe yeah. I'm not sure about Mark, but he played for us for, for a season in centre mid. He was abject pretty much in every game. Went away in the summer, came back, played every game the next season and was player of the season. So he's, he's like that. It's someone that has really turned around what they currently were giving the club to what they're giving it now. And he's, it's very uh, commendable. Attitude's a big part of it, isn't yeah. it? You know, bond with the fans because of his attitude. And actually, that's probably served him quite well in getting better. So mm. good luck to I him. I do know Brilliant. Dan came back better physically. That yeah, was yeah a he lost weight. Stronger. That was a big yeah. thing. Well, he was um, towing a trailer last season at times. <laughs> you know, he couldn't run. You know, he was slow. Um, and it, it affected his reaction times for physically sports, he's yeah. better but now I can't think of many League 1 strikers physically and I mean strength and speed yeah. that, are, that are better than it's the way he bounces off defenders and those small collisions he wins a yeah, lot of yeah. them and just gets that bit of space he's deceptively strong I, and yeah he's, he's you would think going to attract interest. But we're looking for an option on so, him. Yeah, I, I believe we've got an option on him, so it means he's got a two year deal now. But hopefully, the Faye Okinabiri example to him might be something useful for someone to point him in the direction yeah. of because a move that a club made and we've got a good offer for, but grass is not always necessarily greener yeah. if you move into a like for like League One club and um, you know another season here with fans that, let's be honest, adore him now. It's not going to do his career any harm at this stage, is it? He's still young enough to even go on and, and play. And you don't want to go if you move to a Sunderland, say, if they stay down, you get lost in the system, don't yeah. you? I think he's a player that well, wants to feel that love I and think play this, every week. Despite what we've been saying about it, like, we didn't think he'd stay. I think fans still quite liked him as a yeah, character, yeah. didn't they? He probably still already had fans chanting his name, albeit not the, the good news song. Um <laughs> last season when he, even when he weren't scoring. Yeah, it was season, it know, was because of his it was rate. surprise. 
but it was not anger or frustration or like, oh, I can't believe a sign. Yeah. It was almost like, yeah, a bit almost if maybe if we signed Josh Daniels, it would have been, we, I like a lot of fans like Josh Daniels. I think it was a similar kind of maybe He's an infectiously positive character as well. You talk yeah. about dressing rooms. Yeah. Somebody oh, lifts yeah. the mood. Yeah. I saw him riding his bike around Telford once. He was grinning. You, I'm riding my bike. I'm in agony. <laughs> you know, but he's just, he's constantly, <laughs> sm- he's up, he's smiling, he's happy, he's, you know, positive. He's clearly, he works hard. He clearly loves what he does, whether that comes from coming into the pro game, back into it a little bit later. Mm. Just Got a story. Good person to have around. Good bloke. Good man. You don't win players player of the year at a football club without yeah. being that kind of person either, Mark. You know, he's obviously done his business on the pitch, but obviously so did Luke Leahy. So did a couple of other players. But to win players player of the year, I think that speaks more volumes of him as the person and as the character mm-hmm. in the dressing room. Yeah, it was interesting when they announced that on the the players player of the season award. I thought, yeah, fair, fair play on that. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a great season. Another asset when we're talking about in terms of building the squad and trying to find positives they yeah. love him don't they his teammates love him they just sing his song at him all the time well, if you've got a player that's nice works hard and scores goals yeah. if you're a left back or centre fielder he's your, he's your best man and your best mate he scores goals and he wins your games mm-hmm. even Cottrell sang his song at the awards night which was a sight to be seen to be honest with you I mean we're talking about the very end of the game now uh, end of the season now and obviously the last game of the season was a bit of an odd one there's not much else to talk about in that poor run towards the end of the season Charlton was Nice party atmosphere away from home on it, but we just didn't turn up, so a bit unlucky. Um, but then, yeah, champions, champions came to town, Wigan, um, and yeah, gave us the sort of biggest beating of the season, really, which was a three 0 home loss. First time we lost three 0 home for quite a while, and yeah, the whole day was a bit odd. You know, very odd pitch invasion, which we've spoke on, uh, oh, Ollie. God. But I'm not sure, what do you what do you make of pitch invasions for a three 0 home loss and finishing? 18? Well, the average age of the invader was about <laughs> twelve, wasn't it? So, I'm, but there was some blokes you know, in it. The first one who ran to Morosi was at least forty. Or and the guy, one, guy that one lad got hooked off the pitch by his mum. <laughs> so you know, no, I, uh, I I always think I don't want to sound like I'm being judgmental here, but <laughs> I, I always do wonder about. The parents running on with their kids. It's not a good look. What what annoyed me was how long it took to build the stage. Oh, that was comical. I was determined to stay on for the trophy lift before throwing to the Telford game, and it took ages. (laughs) Came out about nineteen pieces. I think my, I think I might have been drinking my second pint in the pub by the time you were watching that. It needed Benny Hill music. Didn't yeah, it? There was the <laughs> and they parked the van as far away from oh. where they wanted it as they could possibly get it. The pitch is getting tilted up this summer. They might as well just draw the, the van through. on. It's, it's already, already done. done. It's already yeah, yeah. Been so because they could have just drove on, couldn't they? But it was just yeah, a very odd way to end the season. And you know, for us, me and Ollie had our say on this, and it's worth reflecting on another player now for you two guys really, which is Sean Wally, because I, I feel like sometimes in football, you know, you want a story to kind of end in a certain way for a player who's put a lot of effort into the football club and clearly like we talked about though there is is beloved by a lot of Sheffield Town fans yeah and he doesn't get on for like less than five minutes at the end of the game when we from 65 minutes we're out of it you could easily have brought him on then um then we have the pitch invasion which is which is kind of ruining that moment for his kind of thing and by the time he does his walk a lap of honor which you two will have seen what was there 500 fans there or something like that it was mm. it was a sad way for him to go out um he did get the chance to talk to the fans at the awards night but I don't know, Lewis, to start with you, I mean, it just felt like a shame for that to kind of happen like that, really. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Oh, okay. Um, uh, no, I do entirely. Um, obviously, the decisions on the players' futures were made the following morning, weren't they? Which, okay. which, um, which is when they were called in for the meetings to be told about, um, you know, their futures, the ones out of contract and all that. But it, it, it emerged, didn't it, on Radio Shropshire, ironically, Mark, yeah. Mark's fan of the day uh, with the scoop. Sean had allegedly told said fan at half-time or whatever. Probably didn't realise he was fan of the day. So I don't, I don't, I don't you know, is that Sean has been let 
told earlier is that well, Sean's gut feeling because he hasn't been yeah yeah or, or I, conversations will have yeah Sean's agent from conversations with the manager but obviously official discussions I imagine happen doesn't, the next I imagine month. if your agent hasn't had a call from the club about your new contract it's probably unlikely you get him one yeah it was interesting I was talking to Arlen Virch about this at the Telford game yesterday and he said if yeah if, if it's not done by the last game it's not, not looking great <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really not looking but, good but but in in the way Cottrell works, you know, I don't know so much about Elliot Bennett because it's a different case to Josh Feller, and we'll get onto that in a mm. bit. But um, you know, I I don't suspect Josh Feller knew, you know, anything about his future, or maybe even Ethan Ebanks Sandell the other way, not being offered anything until that Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, I, the manager's been quite clear, hasn't he, that it's not spoke about until the final ball's kicked, which mm. is interesting because. Think other managers or other areas. Certainly, the players you want to keep, you you try and do it like December, don't you? Yeah. To you know, to risk nothing, but you know, each to their own. But yeah, Wally, um, I just just sad, disappointing. A bit brutal because um, you you are you saying that from a footballing point of view or a journalist or both, as a fan or um, all of them. I mean, I'm not a town fan, but you know, obviously, I have a big affiliation. With them for them and and personally, Sean's been there every season I've done. Um, so I like a generation of town fans. I know no different, um, but I I get it. And was it? Um, I can't remember if Mark was speaking before we went on air, sorry, or, or earlier in the podcast. But you know, would Sean have been here this season if he hadn't have had mm. that you know year triggered? You know, possibly not. Um, so we had another season of him. A shame it was blighted by injury. Um, Thirty four. Would be thirty five when the new season starts. Do I do I think he slowed down? Not 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 massively. Not particularly. Obviously, they don't play wingers, yeah. which totally hampers him. Um, yeah, I, I just think what what you had at the club with the fans, with the club, with being a player. You know his, his future ambitions of being a coach and all that. I just think you know should, possibly there's something that could be done. That's that's what I think, really. But yeah, I think it's it's the club. You know, in terms of what they put out, they put a big video out and a big interview with Sean Wally about. You know, that I kind of, for me then when they did that big song announcement about Wally making the two hundred fifty appearances, it kind of felt like even then the writing might have been on the wall for him not staying. But you know, the I award mean, is right. He got a special award. He got a special award at the Sports Parliament at the um, end of season awards. He's obviously had a big contribution to football club and and, and, and contributed towards the end of the season. Obviously, bagged two quite important goals as, as we came towards the end of it. And you know, just I don't know what your reflections are on Sean Wally and his, his seven years at the football club. That he leaves us with a couple That's of records. Phenomenal yeah. achievement. You're almost in testimonial territory for seven years in the in yeah. you know twenty twenty two, aren't you? But I think it's been obvious for a long time that he was going. When he got the injury, I'm glad he came back early enough to have a couple of big moments. That was good. That is amazing. Um, it was massive, wasn't it? Yeah, a fantastic servant. Another nice guy. Again, yeah. bubbly, good to talk to, always got a smile on his face, positive. Um, yeah, just one that's Family improved man. a lot over mm. the years and has worked really, really hard to be where he is. Quite low mileage. He's 34, but he didn't come in again to full-time football for a good while. <laughs> um, I hope he somebody will give him a two-year deal somewhere in League Two or somewhere and he can have a, a decent final couple yes. of seasons. He'll be a long time retired and then who knows, maybe we'll see him back at some point. But not a surprise and always sad when somebody who has that bond and has been around for so long and has been a point of continuity uh, departs. But what a town career. 
And it's, what Mark says about longevity is really important, Ollie. In that now our longest serving player is Dan Ado. So it's it's you know he's only been here like two and a half years, maybe even just the two seasons. And you know we, we're back to Great. having someone Great that hasn't yeah hasn't yeah. been around that long. You know we've always had that with Wally in the last seven years. We had it with other players before that. So it's it's, it's an interesting one about you know players and longevity. Yeah, maybe the next twenty years we won't have anyone that gets anywhere near that. Might not. Two years con- two year contracts are the norm. Yeah. You know, every year we talk, we come here, we sit here, start talking about the se- next season, I you know, do those graphics now for the squad and yeah, you lose fifty percent of your players again. Um, so it's yeah, it is we we've talked about Sean Wally a lot. Um, yeah. I've shared my opinion on Sean, not, but it's, it's, it's not many same. get to seven nowadays today at this <laughs> level. But also, um and again I can't speak of eras before I was covering the club, but you know, the, the club have been at this level now for seven seasons in a row, which I, I still think, really, even though I've, I've seen all of them, is a, is a great achievement, um, given what happened in the two decades before, yeah, you know, yeah, the noughties yeah. and the 90s. Um, the best sort of consistent run of years That's since something. the 80s for the club. And and Wally's been at the top of, of all of those. You know, a, a good era. Like, I'm not saying it wouldn't have been good for him to do it in the noughties, yeah. but this is more impressive because he'd yeah. done it in the first we, tier. We know? had lots of players in the noughties and the 90s yeah, no, that stayed for a yeah, really long yeah, period yeah. of time. You well, know. The, the other night we were with Dean Spink. And, exactly, and, you know. Know, those icons of that era. And, and then, But then Ian Sharp's just sitting there and he only had two seasons yeah, of it, but it was two yeah, good yeah. seasons. And it's funny, you put Wally up there in terms of longevity with the likes in the modern era of Calvin Langmead and Matt Sadler. They're the two other ones you would really say are comparable. And, you know, all of those three players, those three players are always going to be welcome back at the football club. And, um, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a shame to lose someone that's been here for so long. But, I, you know, on reflection, you know, we talked about this the other week, Ollie, but you, you are probably right. And it it is something that we, we needed to move on for. And, and, you know, I hope he goes and plays at a club for the next two years that do actually play with wingers and that he actually enjoys the last two it, years of his it career. Does, <laughs> it does indicate they might be staying with the back three, I would imagine. I mentioned player, coach, or coach, which he wants to be a yep. manager. He's doing his badges. I think he's got his B license now. But um, great to see him on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, it's a bit, was a bit sad that he joined Twitter to say goodbye. Which yes, is a shame. yeah. But um, yeah, it's good that um, we are to follow him and see how but, he's getting on. But I was just going to say, um, he won't be ready to look at coaching or management yet. You know, he'll still feel he's got something to offer. That's two, three seasons. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, if he joined Accrington Standard this summer, I'd think you know, and they play wingers. John Coleman loves him. I think he'll do well. He's playing Northwest clubs, playing League One, League Two. Four. I could easily see him playing League One football next season for another club, like Accrington. I think like League that. One would be surprised. Yeah, but I could but see it happening. But there's plenty of Tramiers, there's plenty of teams up in his area over the neck of the woods that he could he could sign for. Now, mm-hmm. isn't there? So I, I don't think he'll be. Sh- well, he definitely won't be short of an offer. He's not. He's not going to be on the scrap heap yet. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. But that that was kind of that. It obviously we we let a few other players go that we've kind of mentioned. I think for me, one thing we did talk about briefly, but. For one thing that was pretty apparent from those last games was how much we were going to miss Ebanks Landell. Um, let's be honest, as soon as he got injured, the defensive record did go a bit to crap. But um, as Mark, you said earlier on, Mark, you think that an Ebanks Landell is more replaceable than, say, a Flanagan, for example. But to me, you're letting Pierre and Ebanks go at the same time, Lewis, both of those physical centre-backs. Yeah. It's definitely that kind of centre-back we need to maybe look at. Well, Aaron Pierre was never staying. Was no. He's not you know, featured all season, but, you know, in, in the odd game, but he's clearly been... Well, you know, he's been behind Lee in the centre half pecking order, hasn't he? So he he was he was going, which again, you know, a former player of the year. Um I think fans loved Pierre, didn't they, when he was in the side. He was a real yeah, was sort of popular member of the team and, and when he was elsewhere, Wickham, Northampton, always someone you'd look at as he's a good player. And then when Town made a big deal to sign him, um obviously he had great moments, didn't he? That that Bristol City goal to set up Liverpool always sticks in my mind and, and great performances when he was player of the year. But yeah. He was always off. 
I was just going to ask Mark, actually. I don't, I don't know what you think. Uh, sorry, I don't want to play <laughs> host. I don't want to play host, host, but I've seen a lot of chat on Ebanks Landell, injury slash goals conceded in the final six games, set pieces. Do you do you think coincidence or do you think something in it? Uh, I can't quite decide. I'm, I'm not as convinced. They were settled, weren't uh, they? Whether it's his... his... Yeah, Whether it was him alone or the fact they were I was never massively convinced. Uh, did Lee play those games at centre back? Some of them, yeah. And Pierre Funny I think, went into middle. But it's Lee, Lee most. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah. that was not ideal both for the team going forward and going backwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I think there's a lot that goes into that. They were not quite on the beach, but, but yeah, you know, maybe midfield was for. atrocious. So we lost that Doncaster game because of the midfield. Having, having and and having some other players without mentioning names in certain positions weren't on his level. What what would it have been? Fauna, Vela, and Fauna, Vela, and Wally. Yeah, Wally played in the yeah, 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 And Daniels yeah. was playing at the back. As How well. many of the the pre cultural players now are left? Udo. Um, maybe Vela. Yeah. yeah. So Harry again, I think <laughs> not, not maybe Steve Cottrell thinks. For my own profile of centre back that I want, maybe he's got maybe targets. What, maybe he just wants prefer. a centre back who can drive. <laughs> the, the surprise, I think, regards Ebanks Lander. I think most a lot of fans were surprised it was probably because he was captain. Yeah, and yeah. he he and he's always he, been good for us. And they, they do he's need a regular. He played most games. They but need the somebody balance, aerially dominant. The balance is good. Yeah, his aerial stats aren't as good as you might think they are. But his interceptions, his tackles are good. He's a no-nonsense centre-back. Yes. But with Flamingham and um, Pennington next to him, it's a nice blend. And that's what you're oh, I, I thought they were really settled in that last in yeah. that last good run. They had a real nice blend. They had the, the two ball players and a big, strong lad who could add everything away, as much as Pierre uh, Flamingham and Pennington do that as well. I thought they had a nice balance there. And I'm, in, I'm fascinated to see what kind of centre-back he brings in. He's always had an error in him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him yeah. at the top. Especially okay. when he first came in League as well. One, the, the top of League One centre-backs. I think it... It's all. I think we're a little bit burned by letting players go and then not seeing players come in. <laughs> so the the key is we'll know whether this is a good move if they have got somebody better yeah. when they line up in August. He but, he, he almost he, he he feels like he was an ever present, doesn't he? But actually, I was surprised to read he only played thirty three of forty six league games. Okay. So missing thirteen, mm. which would have been due to availability injury. Um, I think he had COVID at the start of the season. That is, he was out at the start, um, wasn't he? So, I mean, that's quite a chunk. Cotter doesn't isn't like it? a player gets injured. <laughs> I, True. I, to, to me, to be honest, at the start of the season, he was quite a surprising choice for captain. Yeah, that was I a think. big surprise, actually. Who did we think we were going to get captain then? Bennett. Maybe Bennett, Bennett, like Bennett Lee, yeah. or, or I'll be, be staggered if he's in Leahy next season, though, now, after everything that's gone on. Do you not think? Yeah. Because he's, been, is making, he the he's right? been being captain is it, in the Does he interim. need to be captain? Is he, is he, well, the, the, the pecking order was Bennett, Vice, and Lee was the next yeah. one, wasn't he? Yeah. But I'm saying, but, but Bella, especially with Cottrell's talking about in the post match before the Wigan game, about Lee, he's the joker of the the, the joker of the mm. group and stuff. Mm. Maybe he's not. He's a mm, great maybe, leader in a different way. But depends. He's brought in as well, doesn't yeah. he? I think it who, could be Flanagan. Who signed Clint or some of that? Yeah, you know, centre back or whatever. Or, who has the armbands? Probably overrated, yeah. isn't it? You want three or four. You want a leadership. Team yeah. to use. I just don't think we'd have picked Elon. No, 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 no. He was, was always very, never the you know, most vocal in the captaincy when he had it. And then when Lee get, was getting the armband occasionally, we used to say it was great. He, he obviously plays with passion and his heart out, doesn't he? And he's not afraid to bollock a player and he's clearly pointing and stuff like that. It kind of looks like a captain when you look at him on the pitch. He doesn't need to be captain to do that. You're probably right. He probably doesn't need to be. But yeah, another, another question for it. So I suppose we've wrapped the season up there, lads. Uh, it's been good. We've talked about some of the, the key players we've had and, and people who are moving on. Um, 
uh, I suppose the last the two questions really I wanted to ask everybody, and I think we maybe have touched on it some of it, but I'm going around the table. I'm always going anti-clockwise here because Mark's on my right hand side. Um, but start with you, Mark. You know, we briefly talked about are we or have we made progress this season? Me and Ollie talked about this last week, but do you think you could view this season as progress? Whatever progress means to you personally, Mark. Um, it's a really tough one, isn't it? Because in every statistical metric, absolutely no, you can't. He's cleared the decks, the manager. Do I think if he has a squad that's good, that he's a good manager? Yes. Um, But it will all come down to who they recruit. You can see this is a transitional season. He called it that. If they bring in 10 players who put you top off next season. If not, Mm. it's a bit like you draw away from home, you better win your home game then it's a decent back point. It, up. it feels like that. It feels like if you're going to call yeah. it a transitional season... You've got to back it up. Then next season's got to be big. It's been a really tough season because, as I say, we, we knew what they were from mm. October and we knew what this season was going to be. And I think, particularly for town fans, it was already not again mm. this season. If it's next season as well and it's going to be bottom half and it's going to be turgid then I think there'll be problems. Yeah. But it will all come down to recruitment, won't it? We'll know, it feels like I'm copping out, but we'll know whether this was a decent season if he finishes the squad he started I don't think that's in a, a way that's good. Yeah, I don't think that's an unthink, unfair thing to say. And that's a vibe I'm getting from quite a lot of town fans at the moment. I'm pretty in life black and white about things to be honest with you <laughs> and the fact that statistically we did worse than we did last season in my view is we had a worse season but I, I can understand what you're saying and, and what other fans are saying as well in terms of there is the bedrocks of maybe next season being better and therefore was it worth it in the long run I don't know where, where are you at well I was going to say in response to that do you think now the squad as it is as we speak now is in a you know in a better position than than it was when he made all those decisions this time last year? So me and I said about this on the podcast. The squad as it stands now is nowhere near anywhere where you could say it's better than it was this time last summer. No. In, 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 in terms of size, it's smaller. Yeah. Well, you've got a player better. Ollie Norburn, two championship players. Yeah, we don't so have that now. We, I don't. I can't even say now standing here with the players we have on the books that we've we've got too many. Too we've got some nice bedrocks in there. The players we've got are good just not enough you can you can nowhere yeah. near predict what will happen next season which will be the next question um, but I don't know in terms of progress and you don't yeah. have to say yes or no because no, no, no. dodged that expertly <laughs> no, Mark, <laughs> so, answered, Mark answered it you know, <laughs> yeah, I think I think what most people think really you mm. know you, if you're talking about on field progress you know that that's that's the table isn't it that's results you know now we've had 46 games you, yep. can't, you can't say it because finished a place below points below and, and that to be honest is why you know, they would have been so irritated with how it how it finished because, you know, otherwise if, if they'd have got a few wins yeah. towards the end, progress would have been undoubted. But I do I do think in I take your point absolutely about there's not many in the door at the moment yeah. and, you know, work needs to be done um quantity wise. But I do think the quality per pay, per player in at the moment, I do I do think is probably superior. And again, I take your point about Norman and, and Ogbeta. Defence is better. We've got um, a goalkeeper. We've got a really yeah. good left-back. To me... We've got two central defenders and a good right-back. So it, defensively, we are. But in terms of the hardest thing in football, scoring goals, this squad is not better than that is. That is the key, isn't it? And having tried to spend money on strikers, more money than they'd ever offered anyone before, and still being blown out of the water by clubs at a lower level. That yeah, but, still yeah I mean, but, but, but Cosgrove happened and... Yeah. Failed, didn't it? Failed. It, you know, it, it, 
it's a big if, but it could have gone, you know. You know, they're, they're looking for a certain character. They've got to be able to cope with a manager who interacts with people in a certain way. You know, he doesn't, it, I'll say he calls a spade a spade. <laughs> some modern players like that, some don't. So they've got to shop for the right characters. They've got to shop for... Geography? Eh, I, I think even in League One now, it's temporary, it's transient. But they've got to shop in a way that System. starts the season and gets people on board. Because if you're going to overachieve, you need to start rolling, don't you? You know, we've seen it. You need to turn a few decent results into five, six, seven, into eight, nine, ten, yeah. into with there or thereabouts in November, December. This is quite good fun. Yeah. And that is the type of start they need. So you're looking at early signings, you're looking at front end of the pitch needs the major surgery. I agree with what you're saying. The back is okay, but they need more. Um, and I've got every confidence they'll be defensively solid. The big test is, can you get bring players in that can get people off their feet and get people goals? The midfield looks huge to me. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Lee. This time last year wasn't a midfielder. Mm-hmm. Now he's brilliant. Um, beyond that, Vela, you know, who knows? And what do you want to be? Um, are you going to get a 10? And are you going to play football? Are you going to yeah, play yeah. through the lines? Are you going to pass the ball? Are you going to go for the two eights and be physical and try and you know suffocate teams into yeah I'm, into defeat what do you want we'll to be I mean we've heard you know we've what, heard what's, and he hates identity doesn't he, said he? But this, what's, yeah. what he called it an idea yes what's your idea yeah. for this which season which you will have obviously you know yeah. we've, we've heard and it. is he going to stick to his idea <laughs> well first 10 games well it's got to go well hasn't it because actually changing it was the right decision because yeah. I think if they hadn't they'd have gone down but it's the second season where that happened because Ricketts did the same thing remember we sat and talked to Ricketts about how he was going to make four, him four, a small attack and did it for the first 10 games of the season Cottrell Without wanting to stick the boot into Sam Ricketts, Steve Cottrell <laughs> made the right decision when it became apparent it wasn't working. Sam yeah. Ricketts panicked because he was inexperienced. He changed too much. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fascinating. Well, we've, we've, you know, we, we, we've heard of um, and we uh, we know Chickley from Coventry, and yeah. I, I mean, I would say that's an excellent start to recruitment. Um, I think it could be. A, um, very cultural signing as well it's the profile yeah obviously Young. you know more, more is required certainly in that midfield you know obviously it can't just be Shipley you know expect at least another one maybe, maybe more um, three uh, yeah you need it, different types yeah, yeah. you need number 10 need another city midfielder yeah. For yeah. Do, do you want to play a holding midfielder with a back three if you're or confident you in the back it, three yeah. do you need one Depending on what you want to do with the other two, are you going to send two on? You're going to send one. That probably is dictated to by who becomes available. If you know, if the League One Diego Maradona turns up and wants to come and play for Shrewsbury, you're going to play a ten, aren't you? So you know, so many questions. Looking at the two up front, you know, you got Udo Bowman. I think we all hope Udo's here next season. We all expect Bowman to be here next season, Mm -hmm. and you got Tom Bloxham who will be here next season. Is that three of you four? Probably so. Is it only going to be one more striker? Quite possibly. You could call Bowman and Adoli a proven League One striker. You're looking for an upgrade on Bowman. Yeah, I think are. if I'm going to be. Yeah, but it'll still be one of the four. Yeah, no, and, 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 and this four. third one and is going to you can chuck a good offer at whether it's a loan or a permanent. Yeah, Bowman off the bench and a really useful games. part of the squad. Yeah, you know, but and as you say, players get injuries. It's a forty-six game season. Yeah, someone like Oliver from Gillingham, someone like that, a proper oh, yeah. target man. I think would be. I think that's what Cosgrove was going to be. I think Cottrell likes to have different pieces, doesn't he? But in terms of progress, then, not quite for you. Um, 
No, I, I like the recruitment in terms of who he's brought in, but I take all the point about the, the quantity. Mm. You know, it's, it's cost them the, the, the final games of the season, not having anyone to turn to on the bench. Um, subs. Yeah, you know, as we said right at the start, it likes, likes a small, small squad, so is it going to be much bigger next season? Mm. I'm not convinced it will be much bigger next season. But yeah, um, on the pitch, can't really say it is, but in terms of what, what's been sort of built or started to be built, then then yeah, you can see it. And it's funny, I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as saying we've gone backwards. I would say we've if you look at this season, it's just one of stagnation is maybe a harsh word, but word we have stood still stood still. We've basically stood still for a year. But we haven't lost our League One stay yet, which is great, um, because that is the number one thing for us. I simply do not want to watch League Two football again going forward. But streaky. Streaky, the first word yeah. I said of the whole episode. Consistency would be something great to get next season. And that's not about winning, that's just about not losing every week <laughs> so um, yeah we need a bit more consistency Oli you're pointing at numbers on your sheet yeah I was gonna, so talking about progression and all that kind of stuff and we gave Steve um, Sam Ricketts pelters partly because of the way we used to collapse in games which mm. was really poor but in every se- end of season podcast I always bring it up points per game and Sam Ricketts points per game over his 47 games was 1.06 Cottrell's over his 46 games this season was 1.08 yeah it's basically the same yeah. it's basically the same so that's not progress. No. And yes, you know, we've got an opportunity now. I think what he has done this season, he's curated an opportunity. First five games in next season, we've got to start well. Huge. Because I'm getting to yeah. the point where I think Shrewsbury fans, and imagine this, imagine if you're, I don't know, a West Brom fan or if you're a Rotherham fan or if you're a, who has been, a Norwich fan. We just want to win some games. We've got so many years where we get 50 points, 40 points, something like that. We don't score many goals. It's turgid football. Another fourth year of since the Hurst season of just hoping that something's going to happen. We won't need a bit of excitement. And interesting, just, ba- interesting balance, isn't it, between um, having this status in the third tier for so long, but not not, not doing much with it other than survive. Between <laughs> you know, between relegations and yeah, you know, hoping we've made to, investments. To do well so in I remember League doing two. a podcast about a year ago with a Northampton podcast, and. In the time, because we were quite similar to them, we were obviously playing League Two together, weren't we? And then we kind of stepped up. In the time we've been in League One, we've invested in our ground. We've they don't we invested properly in our training ground. We're doing that again this summer, building more drainage. So the infrastructure's there. The trouble at the moment is you've got twelve basket cases from the championship. It's got to translate, hasn't it? Who are but just spending crazy money? That's the issue. Shrewsbury Town in League One isn't Burnley in the Premier League. No. We just got finished seventeenth. Mm. They. It's that conversation we have. There's not an expectation to compete at the top, but there is an opportunity yeah. if you get it right. And Let, let's be fair. After an up and down season, there was a big opportunity to finish twelfth. Yeah, bottom, which would have been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But town give managers time. So now we're going into what we've had. We've Second been here longer than Hurst, a year and a half. So now is when I suppose it's a big the, summer. The return on the investment. And those first happen. five ten games. A lot of pressure on him. Yeah. Style of football, his interviews, how he p- handles himself. It's yeah. interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. I think that's a good place to leave it, lads. It is going to be interesting next season. It always is, following Shrewsbury Town, whether you're in the press or you're a fan or watching on the streams, as Ollie has been because of young Benji this season. But um, we all get a chance to meet up in the season and, and kind of put it to bed. I think that was really good. Um, Mark and, and Lewis, thanks for joining us, Lewis. No, thank you. And thanks to our secretary for laying on the... Uh, 
refreshments at Ketley. So. We did a mention, actually. Yeah, we recorded back. We, we did this a few years ago, recorded at Shropshire Stars offices. But, um, yeah, we might be the last people in here, uh, Lewis. It's well, about to be the Mary Celeste and yeah. we're moving, I think, aren't you? Yeah, well, we'll see what comes to pass. But, yeah, <laughs> I haven't been here too too often. So, nice to be here. And, yeah, yeah we I'm just glad it. we got somewhere to come. We appreciate it. And, Mark, you'll, you'll be back next season with the mic telling us what's going well, on when we can't make the away games. Uh, Radio Shropshire haven't done the retained list yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've been off of Steve Who Cross knows? Or, or Who knows? He's his agents doing the deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh uh, well, I hope you've got. I've agreed terms. I haven't signed anything yet. <laughs> Like who? I wonder who that could be. Um, but there we go. Thank you, Mark. I should just say for joining us as well. No problem. Good stuff. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll get you all back next season. Um, again, my me, me brother will be back hopefully. Um, but um, yeah, it's been a, been a really good chance to catch up with everyone. And Ollie, do you want to say the final word on this season? <laughs> one word that'll do season. that's it sums it up yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's been it's been a slog at times yeah. but it's been good fun doing the podcast Brilliant. enjoyed the engagement of like yeah, with the Choose Town fans and yeah it's been a lot of fun hopefully you know this is the most, almost the most exciting part of the season isn't it because anything can happen and no anything can <laughs> happen now us. who are yeah. we going to who are we going to sign yeah. and yeah we have a few weeks off Glenn we'll be yeah. back for pre-season hopefully going to some nice games in the sun um, figuring who we're going to sign and who we're not going to sign. Fingers crossed we'll have some players mm-hmm. for the start of the season. It's obviously a weird season as well. The season starts in July, but the window doesn't close until September. And there's a World Cup. And there's a World Cup as well, so it's going to be an interesting season. Mm, it will. And yeah, I suppose that's the best place to leave it. Everyone enjoy your summer. I'll be back from Alicante with the first podcast of the season, Ollie. And um, yeah, enjoy your summer, everyone, and we'll, we'll catch you next season.